Chapter 4 Thus the word of Samuel came to all Israel. Now the Israelites went out to meet the Philistines in battle and camped at Ebenezer, while the Philistines camped at Aphek. The Philistines arrayed themselves against Israel, and as the battle spread, Israel was defeated by the Philistines, who struck down about 4,000 men on the battlefield. When the troops returned to the camp, the elders of Israel asked, Why has the Lord brought defeat on us before the Philistines today? Let us bring the Ark of the Covenant of the Lord from Shiloh, so that it may go with us to save us from the hand of our enemies. So the people sent men to Shiloh, and they brought back the Ark of the Covenant of the Lord of Hosts, who sits enthroned between the cherubim. And the two sons of Eli, Hophni and Phinehas, were there with the Ark of the Covenant of God. When the Ark of the Covenant of the Lord entered the camp, all the Israelites raised such a great shout that it shook the ground. On hearing the noise of the shout, the Philistines asked, What is this loud shouting in the camp of the Hebrews? And when they realized that the Ark of the Lord had entered the camp, the Philistines were afraid. The gods have entered their camp, they said. Woe to us, for nothing like this has happened before. Woe to us, who will deliver us from the hand of these mighty gods? These are the gods who struck the Egyptians with all kinds of plagues in the wilderness. Take courage and be men, O Philistines. Otherwise you will serve the Hebrews just as they served you. Now be men and fight. So the Philistines fought, and Israel was defeated and each man fled to his tent. The slaughter was very great. Thirty thousand foot soldiers of Israel fell. The ark of God was captured, and Eli's two sons, Hophni and Phinehas, died. That same day, a Benjamite ran from the battle line all the way to Shiloh, with his clothes torn and dirt on his head. When he arrived, there was Eli sitting on his chair beside the road and watching, because his heart trembled for the ark of God. When the man entered the city to give a report, the whole city cried out. Eli heard the outcry and asked, Why this commotion? So the man hurried over and reported to Eli. Now Eli was ninety-eight years old, and his gaze was fixed because he could not see. I've just come from the battle, the man said to Eli. I fled from there today. What happened, my son? Eli asked. The messenger answered, Israel has fled before the Philistines, and there has been a great slaughter among the people. Your two sons, Hophni and Phinehas, are both dead, and the Ark of God has been captured. As soon as the Ark of God was mentioned, Eli fell backward from his chair by the city gate, and being old and heavy, he broke his neck and died. And Eli had judged Israel forty years. Now Eli's daughter-in-law, the wife of Phinehas, was pregnant and about to give birth. When she heard the news of the capture of God's ark and the deaths of her father-in-law and her husband, she collapsed and gave birth, for her labor pains overtook her. As she was dying, the women attending to her said, Do not be afraid, for you have given birth to a son. But she did not respond or pay any heed, and she named the boy Ichabod, saying, The glory has departed from Israel, because the ark of God had been captured, and her father-in-law and her husband had been killed. The glory has departed from Israel, she said, for the ark of God has been captured. Chapter 5
Chapter 5 After the Philistines had captured the Ark of God, they took it from Ebenezer to Ashdod, carrying it into the temple of Dagon and set it beside his statue. When the people of Ashdod got up early the next morning, there was Dagon, fallen on his face before the Ark of the Lord. So they took Dagon and returned him to his place. But when they got up early the next morning, there was Dagon, fallen on his face before the Ark of the Lord with his head and his hands broken off and lying on the threshold. Only the torso remained. That is why, to this day, the priests of Dagon and all who enter the temple of Dagon in Ashdod do not step on the threshold. Now the hand of the Lord was heavy on the people of Ashdod and its vicinity, ravaging them and afflicting them with tumors. And when the men of Ashdod saw what was happening, they said, The ark of the God of Israel must not stay here with us, because his hand is heavy upon us and upon our God, Dagon. So they called together all the rulers of the Philistines and asked, What shall we do with the ark of the God of Israel? It must be moved to Gath, they replied. So they carried away the ark of the God of Israel. But after they had moved the ark to Gath, the Lord's hand was also against that city throwing it into great confusion and afflicting the men of the city, both young and old, with an outbreak of tumors. So they sent the ark of God to Ekron, but as it arrived, the Ekronites cried out, They brought us the ark of the God of Israel in order to kill us and our people. Then the Ekronites assembled all the rulers of the Philistines and said, Send away the ark of the God of Israel. It must return to its place so that it will not kill us and our people. For a deadly confusion had pervaded the city, the hand of God was heavy upon it. Those who did not die were afflicted with tumors, and the outcry of the city went up to heaven. Chapter 6 When the ark of the Lord had been in the land of the Philistines seven months, the Philistines summoned the priests and diviners, saying, What shall we do with the ark of the Lord? Tell us how to send it back to its place. They replied, If you return the ark of the God of Israel, do not send it away empty, but by all means return it to him with a guilt offering. Then you will be healed, and you will understand why his hand has not been lifted from you. What guilt offering should we send back to him? asked the Philistines. Five gold tumors and five gold rats, they said, according to the number of rulers of the Philistines, since the same plague has struck both you and your rulers. Make images of your tumors and of the rats that are ravaging the land. Give glory to the God of Israel, and perhaps he will lift his hand from you and your gods and your land. Why harden your hearts as the Egyptians and Pharaoh hardened theirs? When he afflicted them, did they not send the people on their way as they departed? Now therefore prepare one new cart with two milk cows that have never been yoked. Hitch the cows to the cart but take their calves away and pin them up. Take the ark of the Lord, set it on the cart, and in a chest beside it put the gold objects you are sending him as a guilt offering. Then send the ark on its way, but keep watching it. If it goes up the road to its homeland, toward Beth Shemesh, it is the Lord who has brought on us this great disaster. But if it does not, then we will know that it is not his hand that punished us, and that it happened by chance. So the men did as instructed. They took two milk cows, 
hitched them to the cart, and pinned up their calves. Then they put the ark of the Lord on the cart, along with the chest containing the gold rats and the images of the tumors. And the cows headed straight up the road toward Beth Shemesh, staying on that one highway and lowing as they went, never straying to the right or to the left. The rulers of the Philistines followed behind them to the border of Beth Shemesh. Now the people of Beth Shemesh were harvesting wheat in the valley, and when they looked up and saw the ark, they were overjoyed at the sight. The cart came to the field of Joshua of Beth Shemesh and stopped there near a large rock. The people chopped up the cart and offered the cows as a burnt offering to the Lord. And the Levites took down the ark of the Lord and the chest containing the gold objects, and they placed them on the large rock. That day the men of Beth Shemesh offered burnt offerings and made sacrifices to the Lord. And when the five rulers of the Philistines saw this, they returned to Ekron that same day. As a guilt offering to the Lord, the Philistines had sent back one gold tumor for each city, Ashdod, Gaza, Eshkelon, Gath, and Ekron. The number of gold rats also corresponded to the number of Philistine cities belonging to the five rulers, the fortified cities, and their outlying villages. And the large rock on which they placed the Ark of the Lord stands to this day in the field of Joshua of Beth Shemesh. But God struck down some of the people of Beth Shemesh because they looked inside the Ark of the Lord. He struck down seventy men, and the people mourned because the Lord had struck them with a great slaughter. The men of Beth Shemesh asked, Who can stand in the presence of the Lord, this holy God? To whom should the ark go up from here? So they sent messengers to the people of Kiriath-Jerim, saying, The Philistines have returned the ark of the Lord. Come down and take it up with you. Chapter 7 Then the men of Kiriath-Jerim came for the ark of the Lord and took it into Abinadab's house on the hill. And they consecrated his son Eleazar to guard the ark of the Lord. And from that day a long time passed, twenty years in all, as the ark remained at Kiriath-Jerim. And all the house of Israel mourned and sought after the Lord. Then Samuel said to all the house of Israel, If you are returning to the Lord with all your hearts, then rid yourselves of the foreign gods and Ashtoreths among you, Prepare your hearts for the Lord, and serve him only, and he will deliver you from the hand of the Philistines. So the Israelites put away the Baals and Ashtoreths, and served only the Lord. Then Samuel said, Gather all Israel to Mizpah, and I will pray to the Lord on your behalf. When they had gathered at Mizpah, they drew water and poured it out before the Lord. On that day they fasted, and there they confessed, We have sinned against the Lord. And Samuel judged the Israelites at Mizpah. When the Philistines heard that the Israelites had gathered at Mizpah, their rulers marched up toward Israel. And when the Israelites learned of this, they feared the Philistines and said to Samuel, Do not stop crying out to the Lord our God for us, that he may save us from the hand of the Philistines. Then Samuel took a suckling lamb and offered it as a whole burnt offering to the Lord. He cried out to the Lord on behalf of Israel, and the Lord answered him. As the Philistines drew near to fight against Israel, Samuel was sacrificing the burnt offering. But that day the Lord thundered loudly against the Philistines and threw them into such confusion that they fled before Israel. Then the men of Israel charged out of Mizpah and pursued the Philistines, 
striking them down all the way to an area below Bethkar. Afterward, Samuel took a stone and set it up between Mizpah and Shen. He named it Ebenezer, saying, Thus far the Lord has helped us. So the Philistines were subdued, and they stopped invading the territory of Israel. And the hand of the Lord was against the Philistines all the days of Samuel. The cities from Ekron to Gath, which the Philistines had taken, were restored to Israel, who also delivered the surrounding territory from the hand of the Philistines. And there was peace between the Israelites and the Amorites. So Samuel judged Israel all the days of his life. Every year he would go on a circuit from Bethel to Gilgal to Mizpah, judging Israel in all these places. Then he would return to Ramah because his home was there, and there he judged Israel and built an altar to the Lord. Chapter 8 When Samuel grew old, he appointed his sons as judges over Israel. The name of his firstborn son was Joel, and the name of his second was Abijah. They were judges in Beersheba. But his sons did not walk in his ways. They turned aside toward dishonest gain, accepting bribes and perverting justice. So all the elders of Israel gathered together and came to Samuel at Ramah. Look, they said, you are old, and your sons do not walk in your ways. Now appoint a king to judge us like all the other nations. But when they said, Give us a king to judge us, their demand was displeasing in the sight of Samuel. So he prayed to the Lord. And the Lord said to Samuel, Listen to the voice of the people in all that they say to you. For it is not you they have rejected, but they have rejected me as their king. Just as they have done from the day I brought them up out of Egypt until this day, forsaking me and serving other gods, so they are doing to you. Now listen to them, but you must solemnly warn them and show them the manner of the king who will reign over them. So Samuel spoke all the words of the Lord to the people who were asking him for a king. He said, This will be the manner of the king who will reign over you. He will take your sons and appoint them to his own chariots and horses to run in front of his chariots. He will appoint some for himself as commanders of thousands and of fifties, and others to plow his ground, to reap his harvest, to make his weapons of war, and to equip his chariots, and he will take your daughters to be perfumers, cooks, and bakers. He will take the best of your fields and vineyards and olive groves and give them to his servants. He will take a tenth of your grain and grape harvest and give it to his officials and servants, and he will take your men servants and maidservants and your best cattle and donkeys and put them to his own use. He will take a tenth of your flocks and you yourselves will become his slaves. When that day comes, you will beg for relief from the king you have chosen, but the Lord will not answer you on that day. Nevertheless, the people refused to listen to Samuel. No, they said, we must have a king over us. Then we will be like all the other nations with a king to judge us, to go out before us and to fight our battles. Samuel listened to all the words of the people and repeated them in the hearing of the Lord. Listen to their voice, the Lord said to Samuel. Appoint a king for them. Then Samuel told the men of Israel, Everyone must go back to his city 